0: Welcome back everybody to the Deeper Than Sunday podcast. This podcast exists to be an extension of Grace Church San Diego's teaching on Sunday. And this Sunday we had a little bit of a departure from our normal Sunday, which I'm very excited to get into. And I have two brand new guests to the podcast. They're smiling, they're nodding their heads, they're so excited. Uh, Who is here with me today?
1: Hi, my name is Desiree and my husband, Jesse, is here on staff. I am a mom and a teacher and an advocate for supporting the foster care community.
0: It seems, it se- you're so much more than that. Whenever you <laughs> just made that list, I was like, that's not Des, that's not, all. <laughs> you're just like a behemoth in yeah. in the world that I Mm -hmm. encompass so we're glad to have you here who else is here with us
2: my name is missy bell i'm the program's director of olive crest here in san diego Uh, we believe in transforming the lives of at-risk youth through the healing power of god family and community
0: that's excellent. Did you? Is that written out somewhere? It
2: sure is. It yeah, sure you is. could That's probably Google website. that.
0: I could tell you mm-hmm. just had that in your back pocket. Right That's there. great. Well, ladies, we are very excited to have you here. But before we talk about anything about Olive Crest or adoption, we have to roll the theme song. Okay, we are back. Uh, Missy, you mentioned Olive Crest. A lot of our listeners, if they weren't here on Sunday, may have never even heard of Olive Crest. So, tell us in the least amount of corporate jargon that mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. what does Olive Crest do?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. In the least amount of jargon, I would say
0: so. so no scripts. No scripts. No scripts. I yeah, can't yeah, pull it out of my back just, pocket. Yeah. No. no pull it, come yeah, on. From your heart.
2: Yeah, from my heart, I would say Olive Crest cares for kids who are vulnerable here in San Diego. So whether that's foster kids or going upstream to care for kids who are like on the edge, on the margin, um, we care for all sorts of kids here in San Diego. And we're blessed to have phenomenal church partners here in San Diego, like Grace Church, that have come alongside and said yes um, to caring for kids.
0: Des, um, how, how do you get involved in all this? Where, what's your mark? Did you bring them to Grace or how did, how did that whole story happen?
1: yeah so a couple years ago um, I was photographing a family that just started doing foster care um, so I'm, I also do photography on the side um and they were empty nesters in their 50s and they had this little six-month old baby that they had just been placed with two weeks before a photo shoot and they wanted photos um, and I just started to get to know their story started to get to know them and walk alongside them and she was pretty Tired um, after about six months, and the child was then able to be transferred to her gr- uh, maternal grandmother. And so she was able to stay um, in care with her family. And then the same foster mom, she got placed with a baby that was born um, addicted to drugs. I'm not sure which one, but had um, NAS, which is like something that affects your nervous system. And so she brings home this tiny little baby um, who needs to be held all day and has so many needs. And she called me one day crying. I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And all of my kids had just started elementary school. And I was like, hey, Lisa, why don't you um, come and bring the baby over like once a week, twice a week for a few hours? And the Lord just gave me this image of... I think it's Moses when he's in battle and if he raises his arm in yeah. battle, is it Moses or is it Aaron? <laughs> Moses. Cause I think, didn't Aaron support Moses? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's it. And if he, he keeps his hand raised in battle, um, then they're winning and the enemy army is held off. But every time he's, you know, his arm is, is too weak to, um, yeah. to stand. That's when I think Aaron is the one who comes in and helps. And so this was like the image the Lord gave me. And I thought, well, I can't, have a foster child in my home full-time right now, but if I support her, um, what would that look like? Would she be able to continue? And mm-hmm. and then I thought, well, what if more people at our church did that? And what if we just surrounded the foster care community and, and were their arms in battle, so to speak? Um, so yeah, that led me to a national organization called the Forgotten Initiative, which has trained me to become an advocate here in San Diego um, to partner churches with foster care organizations. And that's how I got connected with Missy. We go a little yeah. farther back than that, but yeah. that's how I got connected with Olive Crest. Yeah. So good. Absolutely.
0: Is she telling the truth? Is that how it really happened?
1: That is. But do you want to know like
2: the OG story of yes, Des and I? That's what yeah. I? Yeah. That's what we're here for. Yeah. We got connected because my husband and I also on the side um, are photographers and we had a family shoot with um, with them and we started chatting then and then Des was getting into the photography game or had been in it for a while and then um, was a third shooter on one of our weddings which happened to be one of my closest friends um, and so that was a boatload of fun mm-hmm. and then Yeah, a a year or two later, you became a TFI advocate, and I was like, "This is incredible because there's something really special about ministry, doing it with people that you really enjoy."
1: I am (laughs) fun. (laughs) You
2: are so much fun, and this work is hard. And so, when you get to like link arms with someone who you like enjoy as a person, it just makes everything ten times sweeter. So, yeah, that's the OG story.
0: That is great. Okay. So, the picture that Des had of Aaron holding up uh, Moses' arm, do you find that in your line of work now with Olive Grass that we almost need to separate ourselves from this individualistic Hmm. culture Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I'm a mom and my husband is gone Mm -hmm. and I have a kid, I've got to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. Where do you see it takes more than that? It takes... More pieces, sure. like Des said, I can't do it all myself. I can't yeah. just take it over, yeah. but I can not give what I can give. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we always say it takes a village, and we really mean it. And so we say like, be the village. Don't just say it and be like, oh yeah, maybe I'll get around to it. Because um, I don't know if you guys have ever been in the position where, like, say, maybe a loved one had surgery, or maybe you had a really tough week at work, and you're telling someone, and they're like, yeah, yeah, let me know what you need, mm. and you're like. Let me know what you, what I need. Like, I mean, I could have used Starbucks like a half hour ago, you know? But like <laughs> yeah. I'm too overwhelmed to think about what I need. Mm. And so um Des has been so phenomenal in just mobilizing and getting people to help. And so when it when you think about community and when you think about support, you think about people who will hold up the arms and say, like, yeah, like I don't want to just let, like I just I don't want to just say. Let me know what you need, but I actually am going to help you, and and so Des has done that with really simple things for our families that have gone so far. I mean, I think of one family who they um, opened their home and to two little ones um, who had you know significant challenges, and um, we asked her like, well, what what do you need? Like, what is the most helpful? We have these things, you know, would food be helpful? Would respite, babysitting be helpful? And she was like actually, I just, I just need somebody to clean. I just, I just really need help cleaning. And so we took that to Des and we were like, she says she needs help cleaning. <laughs> like it felt so weird to ask, right? Like for a, for a cleaner, like, and we were just thinking like a volunteer at church. Right. And then Des was like, yeah, we can do that. And it turned into house cleaning services mm. for how many
1: months? I think it was five months. Yeah.
2: And, like, yeah. talk about all of the difference. And those kids recently reunified with their bio mama. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. No
1: way. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness.
2: So so it's people like dozens people in Grace Church that come around and support and make those foster placements, what we call placements, uh, possible. Because those foster parents know they're not doing it on their own.
0: Yeah. So let me talk about the business model cuz this probably just seems obvious to you but it might be interesting to talk about the fact that you chose to partner with churches mm-hmm. and not just go out into the big bad world and say hey we need money <laughs> because yeah. obviously there's people there's unchurched people that care about foster fostering yeah. and uh, childcare yeah. and things like that too. Um, but w- is it intentional that you go after churches to help with all this?
2: Yeah. So Olive Crest is based on Judeo-Christian values. That's how our founder started this 50 years ago. Um, and so Olive Crest as an organization has been very thoughtful and, um who we want to link arms with. And, and we just believe that James 127 is real, that Pure and undefiled religion is to take care of the orphan and the widows. And um, us church folk know that, you know, and, and so we have this calling from the Lord and we – step forward in that. It doesn't mean that if you're not a church folk and you want to become an Olive Crest foster family that you can't, we don't discriminate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: you're going to hear Jesus from time to time though, right? <laughs> yeah. just, just fair warning.
2: Fair warning. We might ask if you want us to pray for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the Olive Crest just believes in mobilizing the local church.
0: Now that James, that old James book of the Bible, really gets people right because we we read the Gospels and it's Jesus doing all his Jesus stuff, and then yeah. Paul's talking about oh it's only faith, only faith. Then you get to James and it's like no faith without works is dead. Yeah, if you're not doing this, you're not a real Christian. Yeah. Um, ha- has that book of the Bible or that verse really captured your heart and the people that you work with?
2: I mean, definitely. I always find it interesting too that in the Bible, Jesus or God always says, remember the widows and orphans. He says it all of the time. And I think what that shows is that we are easy to, we easily forget the widows and orphans. We easily forget these vulnerable people, um, because they're, they're just kind of easy to forget. And, um, and so I love being able to remind (laughs) I love being able to remind people about these people, these, you know, these precious children um, or these precious moms who have been, have become in essence widows. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in today's context, that seems kind of foreign because widows – can we think they can make it on their own, you know? You're like, oh, well, capitalism, you know? But um, the bio moms that we serve are widows. Like they don't have a husband. They don't have a community of people. They don't have that paternal someone to look for and look towards. And so we care for them and we care for, the, you know, these um, orphans or, you know, kids who just need a temporary safe place. Um, And it just makes all of the difference. And it's crazy too. I have this like wild idea that God wants to meet people when they serve orphans and widows. And it's this faith growing opportunity, you know, because I often remind my staff, like we get to work in a promise of God, Mm. like God is father to the fatherless and it's so explicit in the Bible. And I think people often feel overwhelmed when they think about like opening their home, you know, or supporting. And, but when they do, like when they do take that first step, they're often met with this incredible, like, oh my gosh, God totally showed up, you know? And I'm like, yeah, he always does. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's insane, you know? Um, And I just, I just feel super spoiled to work in a promise of God, Mm -hmm. even though it feels like People are like, well, what you do is so heavy. And I'm like, yeah, but God, God shows up in miracles. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, James twenty
0: twenty seven. 27. Oh, Des, you are highly involved, right? Do you ever think of that larger narrative? Or are you just like so starving to help that you're just out there helping? You never stop to think of that you are living into a promise of God.
1: I That is a beautiful way to put it. I don't think I've ever thought of you get to work in a promise of God. Yeah. Um I think I think there are certain commands from the Lord that we overlook. Yeah. Um and I think this can be one of them and the more I engage with people about foster care, typically what I quickly hear is, "Oh, I could never do that. Oh, I would get too attached. Oh, I could never give them back." And I'm giving air quotes when I say give them back. Um and so As I've grown in my role as a TFI advocate, I've just learned that there is so much more to the foster care community Mm. because you are serving the widow. Mm. You're serving these these moms that, you know, moms I don't believe wake up with a child in their arms and say, I don't think I want to be a good mom. Like Mm. I truly believe at its core, every mom wants to be a good mom and Mm. loves their child. Um, we forget the agency workers and the work that they do and the secondary trauma that they experience. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Can you explain what secondary trauma is?
1: (laughs) Yes. And I will do my best. I feel like Missy will probably do better at that. Um, but basically when you walk alongside someone who is experiencing trauma firsthand, you can become yeah. exhausted by that. You can become overwhelmed. You mm-hmm. can become depressed, anxious mm-hmm. because of the trauma that you are seeing in them. Yeah. Yeah. Am, am I saying that right? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and
0: so I immediately thought of like secondhand smoke right? Like yes. oftentimes, like you're not the one smoking. You didn't choose to be in this elevator with the person mm-hmm. that's smoking. Yeah. This is in the eighties. We yeah. can't smoke in elevators anymore, but you get this picture. <laughs> but in this case, I'm struck by you are actively choosing to put yourself mm-hmm. to absorb uh, is absorbing trauma. Is that accurate? Right.
2: I mean, I think you do regardless. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, you would you, how would you put this it? Yeah. Um, I would just say this is that I, my team is phenomenal, and they know that. Shout out to the Olive Chris crew. I think they're all all stars. Um, but the things that we um, have the opportunity to walk alongside every day is pretty challenging. You know, um, we see brokenness firsthand every day, and so um, we see the effects of trauma on chi- children's lives. You know, whether that's um, you know, their bodies maybe not working the way, you know, we would hope them to or and them having a hard time in school or this, that and the other. And we're really uh, also a crisis support team, you know. So when there is a large behavior that comes out because of their trauma, um, we come in real close and we help support. But um yeah, we're on call 24 7, you know? And so uh, you think you're having a nice night with a friend, and then you get a call, you have to go to the hospital, you know? And, um, and I, and I always say, like, we get to do that, you know? Um, it's not something we have to do, uh, but it does mean that we go home at the end of the day and, and we just, we know all the things that we went through, you know, and I would think maybe the truth, the same is true for like pastors or nurses, you know, they carry a lot that they can't share. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm super intentional with telling the team, like we bring everything to the Lord and and we lay it at his feet, knowing that he knows it, sees it and is working through it. Um, but it doesn't make it super easy every day. You know, I joke that, um, how my staff likes to express when it's been a hard day is physically move things because then we can see there's been like actual change. And so when I come into the office and things have been reorganized, I'm like, ah, hard day. It's been a hard day. So, uh, so, you know, we, uh, it's funny how it can come out, but, um, but yeah, so that's secondary trauma for sure. But, um, yeah, it's not firsthand, but we carry, yeah, we carry, we carry some stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. So let's go back to the call that James has given us. Um, I'll set it up this way. Our church, uh, since Josh, our new pastor came, has have reoriented the way that we were doing church to have a disciple making plan. Like yeah. we are disciple makers. And I think it's easy to see in scripture that Every Christian mm-hmm. bar no one should be making disciples. Mm-hmm. Do you look at taking care of orphans and widows in the same camp as that? Yeah. Or could it be, you know, that's for those people. I'll focus on whatever it is. Pick your ministry. Mm-hmm. Um do you think we are all called by God to be involved in this in some way?
2: The hard answer is yes. <laughs> yes.
0: that's what I, I want the hard answer.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the hard answer is definitely is a hundred percent. Again, there's so many times in the Bible where it says, remember the orphan and widow and remember them in their distress. And then you see God being a father to the fatherless. And then um, you just, you see him do that so many times. And if our life is to follow and look more like him, then yeah, we got to do what he said we need to do. And so I think people get caught up in the how, you know, and um we we say everybody can do something. So what's your something? And some people have the capacity to open their home. I think if we're honest with ourselves, more people have the capacity. Um, They just either are afraid or maybe, dare I say, selfish or, you know, there's, there's just some things that I think people can Humans work
0: aren't selfish. What are you talking
2: about? <laughs> I certainly am not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think everybody can. I think people should consider opening their home. But if they can't, um, figuring out a way to support those that do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a phenomenal saint, and I call her a saint, uh, in North County. She's an older woman who can't open her home. Um, but she's the diaper gal. Mm-hmm. And so anytime one of her... Uh, one of the families at their church opens their home to a child. She just auto delivers from Amazon diapers Mm. and like, that's her something, that's what she can do, you know? And then we have other people who are, you know, uh, maybe they're a blue collar citizen and they have a trade. And so a a pipe bursts in a ceiling and with a child in the home. And so they come in and they give their, talent and fix it for free of charge. You know, everybody really can do something. Or I think of like, I joked uh, on Sunday, but like, I am not the chef of my house. Like I am not the cook. Uh, my husband is, you know, so like he should be the one delivering meals. I should be the one coordinating the efforts, you know, <laughs> or like uh, he should be the cook and I could be the fix it. Like I love a good fix it thing. So um, we also have somebody who, uh, Any time one of our foster children is adopted, um, she provides free mini sessions um, for the family because that's her something, right? So everybody, I don't know, Des, what would you say? Everybody yeah. can do something. I was just going
0: to say, Des, tell us, tell, what are the avenues for our church members yeah. to find their something? What, what are the steps that they should take?
1: Yeah, I think like to piggyback on the finding something, I think there's something beautiful about living into your gifts and your calling that just brings so much life. Um, I realized when I was watching my friends' foster baby weekly, I had so much life. My kids were excited to step in and help. Um, We also do respite care for other foster families um, through Olive Crest or outside of Olive Crest, other foster families here at Grace. And it gives us so much life knowing that I love babies. I love kids. Like it's it's not um, – I will not cook a meal. <laughs> but I will hold your baby and that will give me so much life. And so – that's kind of been my main focus um, as this bridge. I kind of see myself as this bridge between the church and Olive Crest yeah. is finding what are people passionate about. Um, and so, yeah, specific ways. Um, some house churches, they have the financial means to collect money for the, the house cleaning. And that I remember going and I I felt a little nervous like, okay, this kind of sounds weird, but this is what this family needs. So if every couple gave 50 bucks, that would provide a whole month. I had that money in my Venmo account to transfer to the cleaning lady mm-hmm. within 12 hours. Yeah. And then I went to another house church, did the same ask. um, And they were so excited to do that. And the same when these transportation needs come up. Um, I'm finding who is passionate about that, who says, yeah, you know what? We are a young married couple with free time on our hand. We don't have kids yet. We will gladly do this. Um, Or I'm someone who has Fridays off. I will babysit every other Friday for a foster family to give them a break or allow them to work uninterrupted. Mm -hmm. And so those are a few ways um, that – our, our house churches has stepped in and currently right now um, I'm in the process of going to different house churches and asking them to collectively donate a car seat. I mean, if every single house church from grace donated one car seat, that's like 10 to $20 for each person to give maybe less if you have a big house church. I think how many house churches do we have Jeff? 20?
0: 20, Five?
1: 29, wow. 29. So we would have almost 30 car seats to donate. Hmm. Um, So just like it allows, you know, you're seeing those miracles, I'm seeing miracles and people step up and then our church gets to witness the gospel in action. And there's just that disciples my heart. That's mm. how I grow as a disciple is seeing the gospel in action. Well, and just to like give some
2: light too about why car seats are so needed is one, because California, we love the state we live in, but a little crazy sometimes. And so we have to, we can only give new car seats. And so one, there's that. But two, um, The reason why we need them is because when we have a foster family that's ready to say yes to a child, um, we get to pick the child up at a center called Polinsky's. It's here in San Diego. It's supposed to be an emergency shelter, um, but sometimes children will live there for much longer than 24 hours. And so That car seat allows us to go and pick up that child so they don't have to spend one more hour not with a family. And then we can give that to the foster family. Because a lot of people don't know when you become a foster family, you get a Licensed to care for children in a certain range. Mm. So, say um, a foster family gets approved for zero to five. but well, what you need for a one-year-old compared to what you need for a five-year-old are very different. So, our foster families won't purchase all of the necessary items until they know who's coming into their home. But a child comes into their from phone call to picking up a child is typically like two hours. Mm. Like we're talking like rapid. So, when we have a car seat for that family, they don't. Have have that's one less thing they have to worry about for that child. So there's so many reasons why car seats are so important, but just to kind of give like some context and story behind these needs. I mean, I think transportation too. A lot of um, folks don't know that part of the foster process for a child is for them to have visits with their biological relatives, whether that's mom, dad, auntie, uncle. And so they could have two to three visits a week, which is great because they're um, working on building that relationship again with their family. However, that can be a lot for a foster family, especially when they if they already have bio kids, right? And so if we have a volunteer that says, don't worry, I'll take the Tuesday visit. It gives so much relief to our families because they can just take a break. I mean, we know what it means to sit in San Diego traffic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so imagine doing that with a nine year old, you know, for three times a week, right? But if that nine year old can develop a relationship with Susie and John, you know, then they get to look forward to that every week. So these needs, I think it's easier for us to say transportation need or, you know, babysitting or car seats, but all of these asks have such a significant reason behind it um and so we are so grateful when a volunteer says yes it's just like it makes the world a difference
0: yeah man there's so many directions i could go okay let's go <laughs> let's go let's get the tricky one out of yeah. out, uh up front so des you mentioned a couple times about when you when you're ministering or when you're serving in this capacity you have so much life like you are given life by sacrificing can we just talk about um like each individual's capacity to take on a new task. I think in our current age, it's all about self-care and do less, relax more, sleep Mm -hmm. in. Um, but have we stopped to ask ourselves, is that really doing what we think it's going to do? Or Mm -hmm. is being altruistic to somebody Mm -hmm. you don't even know, to some kid that needs help, uh, is that going to do more for their lives than if they were to just take the weekends off and go brunch? Right. Yeah. Do, you, do you see where I'm trying yeah, to get yeah. at? And I know it's hard to say it cause everybody's situation is different.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but do you think just in general we could give more
2: of our time? Yeah. Um, I love these questions. I feel like they're like, yeah, I'm going to hit you right between the eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe that like do less is do less of what doesn't matter, you know? Um, or what doesn't have like an internal significance. Um, I mean, absolutely. I think there's people who um, who engage in, th- in things on their plate because they're just trying to self-soothe in ways, right? Whether that's going to another brunch with the girlies, you know, or scrolling through Instagram for another hour, you know, just trying to self-soothe. But I think what that also means is that they're not filling their cup um, in the right ways. Right. And so, and we know that the Lord um, gives and the Lord fills and he refreshes our souls. Um, And I think like, I'm never into shame or guilt into asking people to do more. Um, But I also have this like task of telling people like what's going on. Right. And so, I just keep going back to this one because uh, a host family just did this on Friday, but you know, they could have taken Friday night off and um, they could have just been like, you know what? We're tired. It's been a long week. We're good. But instead they gave 18 hours. That was the whole, that was, so we're talking about our host family program our where we care for kids one night up to 90 days to keep families together. It's like pre, we go upstream from foster care. Um and so they gave 18 hours and um, if they hadn't, this child was going to end up at Polinski mm. and where they would have spent about 18 months in foster care, right? So I think we also have to ask ourselves, like, what are we willing to sacrifice? Like, what are we willing to let happen, right? And, and I think the question for that is, like, are we willing to let kids sleep on a park bench, you know, or are we willing to let kids go to an emergency shelter where they're going to have a new caregiver every eight hours body check, you know, like, I mean, it's, so I I think the question is like, what are we willing to sacrifice? And I also think, I always think of, uh, John Piper, Jay pipes, as I affectionately recall him, (laughs) but, and he just, he has this call of like, you know, take up your cross, and obviously that's Christ, like Christ's words. But J. Pipes always just says it in such a way that you're like, yeah, I'll take that mountain, you know. But like, what what are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to bear our cross for, if not for the children, if not for the vulnerable kids? So, uh, yeah, that's where I go.
1: Yeah, I keep thinking of the difference between overextending ourselves. And inconveniencing ourselves mm-hmm. for the sake of vulnerable children. And I think that that's a question to hold before you, because obviously you can't give every child that needs a ride to their bio visit. Yeah. Um, you can't do that. But but what is one thing that you can do? And I think that there's something that disciples our hearts when we inconvenience ourselves mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Um so, asking the Holy Spirit for that discernment—is this a need that I can meet right now, yeah? Or would this inconvenience, or would this overextend myself, yeah? Um, and like you said, that word that you just like kept coming back to—sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So. Yeah.
0: You guys can't hear it at home, but there is a kid in need at the preschool <laughs> right now. He's struggling. He's screaming. It made me forget my next question.
1: It's
2: okay. I was like, my like, I'm like, oh, I we have, to- nope, nope, they're okay. They're all okay, right. Yeah. Some, there's no responsible adult here. We can't here. see
0: it. We assume there's somebody's taking care of it and it's going to be okay.
2: It's a good assumption.
0: Um, okay. So let's recap. It's a call for all Christians, yeah. right? Yes. Um, we're not doing it alone. We mm-hmm. don't have to just go adopt three kids yep. and just change yep. our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- what, w- what would be an easy first step? Like if mm-hmm. somebody is just like on the edge of their seat, like, oh, I, I, I want to get involved. Who should they talk to? Where should they go?
1: Yeah, the easiest first step is to go to grace sd.com slash outreach. Um, if you scroll down, you'll see a button that says, uh, Get involved in foster care ministry, and that'll send you to a link where you can fill out your information. There's even specific check boxes for bringing meals, respite care. That's that's basically just babysitting, giving breaks, transportation needs, um, or anything. Like maybe you don't really know. You just kind of want to learn more. Um, so I am in the process of building my volunteer team. This does not mean uh, you will get an email every day. You will get a phone call every day. It really is learning the gifts and strengths of people here at Grace Mm -hmm. and matching them with the need at Olive Crest. And yesterday, just to give an illustration of this, I had this um, lady come up to me and she said, this is kind of weird, but I feel like I should tell you, I have a daughter who is in a wheelchair. And so I have a car that is wheelchair accessible. So I don't I don't know if all of Chris would have a need for that. So okay, well, I'll let Missy know. Sure enough, I let Missy know. And what did you tell me? I was like, wait,
2: get out of town. We have a child who's in a wheelchair um, and is going to need transportation in North County. Yep. So yeah, God works in crazy ways.
1: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So that would be the first next step. GraceSD.com slash outreach to get more involved. Yeah, I'll get you plugged in.
0: That's great. Okay. So let's end our time. Um, you've been doing this for how many years? How long?
1: Uh,
2: Three.
0: Three years. Okay. So the last three years of your life, you've been all in for this yeah. type of ministry, right? Can you just, and again, this isn't for to guilt anybody or for <laughs> shame, but can you paint the picture of what happens to a kid when he goes into foster care yeah. and then ages out? What are what's oh. what's the average? Like, <laughs> tell us what happens to these kids because, yeah. as you said, widows and orphans sometimes go unseen, and yeah. we don't know. And so, just be a truth teller. What 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 are we looking at?
2: Yeah, the stats aren't good. Um, so, seventy percent of children who age out of the foster care system will be um, homeless within the first year. And I know when I learned that statistic, my view of our homeless population here in San Diego, uh, I mean, just was really impacted. Um, Also, seventy percent of kids who age out will be um, incarcerated within the first year. Um, In L.A., those that are current currently incarcerated, I think it's eighty five percent have been through the child welfare system. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, the list goes on with substance abuse. so many things. So, you know, I, um, it's interesting because we spend a lot of resources on caring for folks, you know, in so many different arenas, but I just have to go back to what if we cared for them when they were children, you know, like what if we were able to provide them a safe, stable, loving, caring home and a family to belong to, you know, That would make all of the difference here in San Diego and in Southern California. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to make a difference, the age that um, is needed right now the most in foster care is nine years old. Mm -hmm. That's the average age of those that are entering into the foster care system.
0: Do you know why that is? Is that just...
2: Uh, Yeah, you know, there's so many different way uh, reasons. I think the county is trying to respond to infants differently, Mm -hmm. um, with their families, because typically that's um, neglect. Um, Mom has to work, so mom leaves baby alone in the apartment. You know, which again seems crazy to us, but if a mom needs to make rent, right, and she has no other options, that's what she's thinking. Mm -hmm. So I think there's reasons like that. I also know like nine and above is also the hardest to find families for. Um, because I think a lot of folks think teens are really scary. Um, well, they are scary. <laughs> especially yeah. when they're in a pack, when yeah. there's more than one, oh, I'm terrified, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, no, you don't know what they're going to do. Right.
0: I was a teenager. I
2: know. <laughs> yeah, But I think in the same way, I think I refer to them as like little kids and big bodies, you know? And if, and i my my team knows i love teenagers like i'm obsessed with teens because i just want to love them exactly where where they're at and i want to talk about the hard things you know because what else have they known and and if you can provide that direction and that guidance and that love it could change their lives so yeah if if you're listening and you're like i think i could take on teens uh, I know an agency for you. <laughs> but yeah, so teens, middle schoolers, of course, um, infants, I mean, all ages are needed, but right now the um average age in care is nine years old. So
0: Yeah. Missy, thank you for giving us the stats yeah. of that answer. But I wanna talk to Daz about the emotion of that. Does that just crush you? Yeah. I could see. This is gonna be hard for her to get out, I think. Gonna make me cry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Guys. Um, yeah. Why is it so important that we do this?
1: Um, so my brother was six when he came into care and with my family. And um, when he went to kindergarten, he was unseen. No one knew what his home life was like. And his kindergarten teacher opened up his lunchbox and she saw that he had a bottle of vinegar for his mm-hmm. drink. Um, and that was it. And so they did a home visit. And realized who was raising him, which was basically himself. Mm. Um, And he had a vocabulary of an 18-month-old. And my uh, mom just loved him. And so many people at his school surrounded him and um, poured into him. And and he was able to go on to college and earn a chemistry degree. And um, I just think about how many kids, like, they just need to be seen. They need to be seen they need to not be faulted for, um, the environment in which they were raised, Mm. um, because it isn't their fault. And so what if we looked at these kids as image bears, um, who just have been dealt a poor hand and need that support in order to be successful in life? Mm. Yeah.
0: Thank you guys. Um, yeah, I think this topic could have gone a completely different direction with, uh, political stances and what's the core issue? What? Why are families breaking down and why aren't fathers showing up? And all that stuff is true. And I think that it's a good use of time to try to solve those problems and issues. But I think what what can we do as Grace Church is we need to show up yeah. and yeah. and do something. So I will personally call us all to to just go to the website, gracesd.com slash Um, outreach and find it and submit something if, if God puts it on your heart. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything else you'd like to say before we go?
2: I think just alongside that note of like, there's a lot of things out there right now that are really complicated. Uh, there's a lot that we can't really like get our hands around because it just seems just really, really big and really, really complicated. But we try to make this really simple. Um, And through Desiree's ministry team and responding or to families opening up their home to care for a child, those things are simple and those are things that we can make a direct impact on. And so um, I just continue to stress the importance of doing small, simple
1: steps of obedience to follow the Lord and to become more like him beautiful i couldn't have said it any better <laughs> <laughs> Great.
0: well thank you guys so much for chatting yeah. um thank yeah you. i really do mean it let's let's all get out there and, and do some good
1: absolutely
0: and uh thank you guys for listening if you guys have any questions or comments or follow up on what we talked about today we'd love to hear from you uh, podcast at gracesd.com. always uh you can dm us on our instagram page and until next week we'll talk to you then